A lot of the stuff I was doing in my movement practice wasn't actually making me feel very good. I wanna lift heavy weights. I wanna be big and strong and, and just like show off to people how heavy of things I can pick up basically. There came a point where I was like, wow, this isn't working. Like my body feels terrible. The more primal animalistic movements, they encourage you to get into these natural positions that we should be able to. The more that we can just bring those movements into our daily life, then the better off our body is gonna be. A lot of us have quite a bit of self-limiting beliefs around movement. Getting outside of that box that I had for myself or what I thought that fitness was, but also being a man was, it really helped just like shift my perspective in life to find the spiritual aspect of myself and to see how closely that can be tied to my, to my movement. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. to the inspired evolution and we have with us today someone that's been inspiring my evolution for quite some time it is such a pleasure to have you here joshua hash josh how are you brother i'm doing really well and thank you for having me i'm super excited that's some good energy man i'm feeling it let's, <laughs> let's have a nice chat <laughs> oh man you saying that to me is and i said this i'm going to try my hardest not to be a fanboy I can't help it. Like the good energy, because I've been doing your morning stretching routines. I've been following along with your videos for quite some time for the morning stretches. And I have to say the vibes, yeah, they just put me exactly where I'm meant to be. Start my day off. Like, you know, the meditation is a non-negotiable, but then getting in the stretching routine, like these 10, 15 minute videos that you put out to help me stretch. It's also coming off the back of a meditation. You kind of don't want like a 80s aerobic instructor kind of going, okay, stretch, let's go. <laughs> Josh's vibe, super chilled. Like, all right, guys, we're just going to stretch this out. And then it's like, yeah, man, I'm into this. So I appreciate you for acknowledging the vibes, but man, I acknowledge you for your vibes. For those that don't know Josh, uh, okay, that is possible. So um, let me just quickly say him and his brother Trevor uh, run the Strength Side channel. He is Movement Mobility CEO at Strength Side. Um, and yeah, if you guys haven't checked out Strength Side, please. My humble request is at the very least go over there, subscribe. The videos come out regularly, they're all movement oriented. And yeah, they are super refreshing the content is prides itself on being different um and it definitely is highly different um and yeah it's uh it invites a whole new way of moving being with your body thinking about how your body's functions and what it does for you so very inspired evolution fashion josh what inspired you to start strength side like what was going on there like YouTube was not as prominent as it is today when you guys started obviously there was massive channels back then as well um but you sort of just found your own little expression on YouTube there when you first started with movement. What was going on? When I first started Strengthside, it was um, kind of at a point in my life where I, I needed it. Like I needed some other outlet. Um, I I was a personal trainer in a gym. I was I was uh, at the time like working a lot of hours, kind of trying to stack my schedule and make money. I was living in the Bay Area of California and it was really go, go, go. And one of my intentions with starting the YouTube was just to share a bit more of my own journey and to hopefully find a way that I could um, kind of feel better and take care of myself more and uh, have more time for myself and not have to be like just doing one-on-one -on -one clients all day long. So. Um, it was kind of a, it was kind of like a, a bit of a, a, a it was kind of a, a part in my journey where it was like, I need a change and I need uh, to start this thing now. And we can get more into it, but man, like it took 
at least five years of doing it to actually accomplish what I wanted to accomplish for the first years, there was nothing really going on with it. Um, but I stuck with it somehow. Like sometimes I still look back on my past self. I'm like, dang, man, like I'm so proud of you for sticking with it because uh, you could have easily you. quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's right. It's interesting because, yeah, like we're six, in, six years into the Inspired Evolution recently hit some metrics and, you know, there are like plenty of people in the audience, which like I appreciate the love and they've been like, dude, you've done really well. And I'm like, I still honestly, we're just getting started. <laughs> and that, Absolutely. And that vibe is so present at six years in. So I can <laughs> appreciate kind of, you know, I appreciate you saying, you know, five years in, you were still like felt like you were finding your feet. Um, yeah. And the there's a point in there which is really interesting because I find um, and I'd love to just get your thoughts and I run the risk of turning this into a contemplative meditative sort of thing, your thoughts on the word integrity um, because it's something I've been encouraged to think a lot about when it comes to movement and my like body's relationship. There's a whole ode to mind-body connection through your work um, but even the way you described it, it's, hey, like I was putting in all this work um, and stacking all this time on top of itself and realizing that, you know, being a proponent for health and wellness, um, maybe I need to find another way. So can you expand on what your thoughts around integrity are and riff whichever direction it will take you? Yeah, um, man, that's been, I mean, I closely associate integrity with uh, authenticity in my own life. And um, that that was, I, I was kind of at this this point where, um, I had to choose like to be more healthy for myself and to like really put time into my own personal practices or just trying to keep like climbing the ladder and, and trying to make money and survive. And um, yeah, I chose to like go deeper into my own practices and to really like research my movement and my body and what my body likes and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, a, a big part of that uh, integrity was to be honest with myself that uh, a lot of the stuff I was doing for the past years in my movement practice wasn't actually making me feel very good. You know, I started as more of a, I want to lift heavy weights, I want to be big and strong and, and, um, and just like show off to people how, how, um, how heavy of things I can pick up basically. And uh, there came a point where I was like, wow, this isn't working. Like my body feels terrible. And that's what got me more into um, the movement side of things, the stretching, the the, the flow stuff. Um, and all of a sudden, like my body started to feel so much better. And then my mind starts to expand too. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, all these things that I thought to be true, you know, maybe they are true in some capacity, but like there's other ways of looking at things and perspectives shift. And um, it was just like a really solid enlightening growth period in my life um, where I got to experience that. And yeah, like integrity, I felt like I was being more integral to, to me as a person and like authentic to this is what I really need right now. I want to take care of myself. And then whew, I can share with other people um, what's helped me feel good in my body. Cause and that's what we're all after. We're all after feeling good. Yeah. So let's go there because one of the interesting things, even at the time of this recording, um, and I was somewhat nervous actually going there with you today because I have been relying on your flexibility stuff. I got moved strong now. Um, and I've been, and I'm this guy, <laughs> check it out. I literally just skimmed for the flexibility content. Um, and I've just been doing this flexibility sessions, which amazing. Like I love just the, the progressive nature of your, of how you introduce it. Um, like having even just a glute stretch and being able to like hang off something. And then like, this is how you take it to the next level, next level. And like, it helps unlock things recently just to sort of nerd things out. Like I've been, um, researching more and more about nervous system relaxation. Um, because holy shit, like I started we one of the ladies we had on this podcast, Suki Baxter, she said, um, if every time you come back to a stretch, it feels like it's the first time you're doing that stretch, something might be up with your nervous system and you're probably not down-regulating, which I thought was a really cool way to sort of look at it, um, but also really shocking because I feel like 
I'm one of those people. Uh, when I come back to stretching, it feels like things are just gripping just as much as they used to. And that is probably a, a segue into the nervous system conversation. But one of the things I wanted to tune in with you about also was I'm in that boat where I've been lifting weights for so many years and it's been an incredible journey like weightlifting has given me such a great for me it's meditative like I go in most people like you close your eyes when you're deadlifting and squatting and stuff and I was like yeah I, I can feel it better um I was like is it safe and I'm like I think it's safer <laughs> I think it's safer bro um maybe I'm just a trippy dippy hippie I don't know but one of the things I have to acknowledge is yeah I'm conscious of the fact that it doesn't feel as longevity inviting like I do think there's musculature arm like armoring which helps for longevity for sure building muscle is definitely a proponent for longevity but I think I need a bit of a nudge and a kick and a push towards mobility um and I have these limiting beliefs around calisthenics and how good it really can be for me coming from a weightlifting background for people in my situation encourage me what do you guys say what do you say to those people because I can already feel like that things are tight things are tense um and as I'm getting a little bit older less sleep as we discussed with both parents things when they're not regenerating as well because of the lack of sleep they seem to get tighter and tighter still um yeah tell me more yeah well first thing I say is like you're not alone I mean this is man you know 90% of our audience is is like I tune in because I know I should be doing this stuff. But man, I like just can't really get myself to be consistent with stretching or um, whatever. And the first thing I always say is like, I think that it's really, really important for you to enjoy what you're doing. That's the only way you're going to adhere to anything. And I think exercise is the most important thing that we can do for our health. And, you know, if you love lifting weights, I'm not telling you to stop lifting weights because that's, that's getting you moving. That's getting you, um, that's getting you, um, like just getting the blood flowing. That's getting you using your ranges of motion, using your muscles. And like you said, uh, it's important to be strong, especially as we age, we lose, like we're slowly losing strength and bone dis density. Um, so it's very important, but once you identify, uh, that there's a problem and a lot of people do, they identify that. I'm getting stiffer, you know, I'm waking up in the morning and I'm not feeling that, that limber. This is when I just really encourage people to, to follow feelings, right? And this is what helped me so much in my practice was when I stopped attaching myself to outcome things like I want to be able to lift X, Y, and Z, or I want to be doing, be able to do X, Y, and Z movement. Cause even in calisthenics, even if you switch to calisthenics, you might want to do a muscle up, you might want to get a handstand, or you want to get a certain number of pull ups. And those are fun goals to have along the way. But I think the primary goal should be for you to, to feel good, or to feel better and, and to really like strive for that in and out. And that that comes with just getting more in tune with your body. Um, one of the things that like, I really pride, uh, one of my favorite things that I've done with StrengthSide is the daily practice, which you're probably familiar with. And this is just simple 10 to 15 minute stretching routine that you can do every morning. And this isn't, this isn't like um, expected to be your main exercise. Like this is to couple with your, your lifting or to couple with your running or your calisthenics or whatever. Um, and this is just a daily check-in to actually see how your body feels and to move through full ranges of motion. And if you can do that, and then you can say, hey, I'm feeling pretty good today, I am going to lift weights, or you say, wow, I'm so stiff today, I didn't sleep very good, let's not go intense on strength training. Um, yeah, it's kind of a long winded answer. But really, like, like, I think the meat of it is getting in tune with your body, following feelings and having just a bit of a daily practice, a daily check in for yourself to, um, to actually be in tune with am I feeling? <laughs> How am I feeling? Am I feeling good? What was going on for you? Because you were a bit not in a dissimilar situation because you were, I don't want to say bro-y. It's a word that bro say stop it. bro <laughs> bro like me, which is like, let's go lift some heavy shit and just, uh, yeah, just see what happens and enjoy that. And then there was a transition in your own journey to where you were feeling 
potentially not as comfortable in your own body that you moved into more mobility-based type sort of stuff. Can you tell us what was going on for you? Absolutely. So um, I actually, it was an injury. So I was really into uh, heavy deadlifts, heavy squats. Like that was my thing. And then I tore my meniscus in my knee. So couldn't do heavy deadlifts, couldn't do heavy squats. And I was like, man, what what can I do? Like I, I need to find something to keep pursuing and to keep, uh, you know, striving for something and having fun with my training. So I had always been fascinated with people who could do handstands. And but I always just thought like, oh, those people, they're, they're born with the handstand gene, you know, it's, it's not, it's not my, my thing It's not my cup of tea. But I was like, no, I can do this. I can, I can learn. And um, I took on that journey. And what I found was just like so much joy in what I was doing. I really just like came, I got into this process and I'd be so frustrated, like my handstands not improving, but then I'd wake up the next morning, I'd be super excited to go practice again. And I was like, man, I haven't felt like this excitement and drive uh, in in my exercise for a long time. And this is what I was kind of speaking of. And I, th I think I was like really tunnel vision with what I thought fitness was. And once I stepped outside of that and um, had a lot of fun, like learning this handstand, and then that got me into more body weight movements. Oh, can maybe I can do a, a muscle up. Um, oh, wow. You know, maybe could I do a backflip? Like, that'd be really cool. Um, and I got less attached to like the training stuff. And then when my knee felt better, I didn't feel like going back to those, those heavy weights anymore. Cause I was, I was feeling better physically, but also like the emotional state was feeling, I was like just having a lot more fun. You've also been able to travel a lot. Thanks. If, would you say, you know, you being able to travel and move as well as you do? um has somewhat to be able to do that you're uncoupled from gym training like you don't really rely on a gym to need to be able to work out yeah yeah that was a that was a big one as well as i uh <laughs> that was thanks for leading me into this question because <laughs> this is one of my favorite things to talk about but i uh i had this like dream of um of going on a backpacking trip you know um and about a year before i did it I was like, you know what? And this was about around that time where uh, I was starting to train the Hanson and I had the knee injury. And I was like, you know what? Like if I, if I go travel, like what am I going to be doing? Like having to stop into gyms, you know, and, and, and pay day fees and find, find gyms in every little city I'm in. And like, that'd be kind of crazy. You know, what if I could um, just, just like train to be strong, to be flexible, to, to still like, feel how I want to feel and, and actually chase goals. But to do that without a gym, um, that was, that was, yeah, that was like a really cool thing to feel more freedom from having to have stuff around to just like, wow, I can just be in a park and just like get an awesome workout in and feel really good. That's such a trip for someone that's been going to the gym for such a long time. Right. You know, like it's such a, it seems so polarized. Like it seems just such a world away to be able to be like, oh yeah, I can get a decent workout in a park. Um, can you help integrate that into <laughs> our psyche? Like, yeah. 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 Cause I do understand that that is, can feel far away. You know, um, it's not always the most relatable thing to tell people, hey, you don't need the gym. Like, don't go, like, you know, because I actually, do train in the gym as well. So I don't want to like polarize people to think I'm just a little anti -gym, hippie yeah, out. Definitely and, not anti-gym yeah. we're, pro, we're pro movement. Uh, yeah, thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, 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 sorry. <laughs> for sure. But what I would say is that um, it can be really empowering to say take half your workouts outside or say one, one day a week you go outside. That's actually how I started. It was like, oh, I'm still doing my gym workouts. But, you know, on the Saturday, it's sunny outside. I, I don't want to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the park and do something. And, you know, it's, it, it can just start with the most basic things, you know, like what, what do you like those basics that you probably think are too easy for you, you know, like pushups, everybody thinks pushups are too easy for them, but man, pushups, if you do them right, they're like such an awesome full body workout. Right. And what's that every park is usually like a bar to hang from so we can work on some pull-ups you know you get back to these really basic things that maybe you started with as as a like a a young person 
Um, or maybe you skipped them like I did. I never really did a lot of that stuff. I went straight for the weights. Uh, and then you'll just be like really humbled by how hard these things are. Now, there's a lot of other things that we share on strength side, like um, we do a lot of our primal movements and, and stuff like that. And if that interests you, you know, crawling around on the ground um, and, and doing certain movements that are like more natural to animals or to maybe our ancestors, then like that can be awesome as well. And you don't need anything for that. You just need some maybe some grass. Um, and you can find tons of that stuff on the internet. On our YouTube channel, you can find a lot. What is the ideology behind some of those more primal movements? Why are we trying to move the way that other animals move? Yeah, good question. I, for me, it comes down to um, the capacity that our body has to move. Um, it's really beneficial to use it right um and i th i think that's super super simple but it's like this basic phrase that if you don't use it you lose it so um if you don't sit down in the bottom of a squat position for 10 years then it's going to be really challenging to do that right but if you if you keep yourself bending the knees fully you know compressing um your hips like using your spine to fold and then to open up into arch if you use all the joints capacities in the body then your body's going to have a reason to hang on to them and then we just you know we, we keep that in our body and and it's it's like this natural flexibility that i like to say it's not like we have to train a bunch of stretches and whatnot because if we were living a bit more of a lower technology life and we didn't use chairs a lot and we were on the ground a lot chances are we would not <laughs> need a lot of the stretches that are on the internet and a lot of the corrective exercises to fix certain things right so the more that we can just bring those movements into our daily life then the better off our body is going to be how much of strength side do you see as being a response to a high stim lifestyle because yeah i feel like a lot of strength side when i tune into it is yes the movement yes the practice but I keep getting the low stim, sorry, low stimulus. I should probably be clearer. Um, yeah, low stim lifestyle is kind of what I really personally value your content for. It does downregulate me. I feel every time I come across it. Um, is there a conscious intention behind it, or is it just kind of how it's fallen out? As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's just, well, thank you for saying that, that, that makes, that means a lot to me. And, um, that's just been my, my own personal journey, you know, like I, uh, and it's a journey that a lot of us are on and it sounds like you're on the exact one that the more tuned in I am, the more, um, I'm on my screens and it's, it's just like the more disconnected from my body that I feel, you know, and, um, and then therefore like the more my mind starts running in loops and just not being as clear as I'd like it to be. Um, and you know, like we were talking about working out outside. Um, that's one thing, that's a big thing that that did for me was like, okay, now I'm outside. I see 
like far in each direction. I'm looking at horizons. I'm getting like sunlight on my on my skin. You know, I have my shoes off in the grass and like I'm just feeling the earth and you know, we can get as hippie or woo woo as we want, but really it's just like, yeah, it feels good to be outside. Like it it's it's not it it doesn't have to like be that scientific. It's like we all know it feels really good to be outside. So, if you can stack your variables to be like I'm getting outside time, I'm getting my workout in, you know, maybe you do some deep breaths, you get a little bit of meditation in as well. It's like this is uh this is contributing to like how we want to feel and it's trying to like rebrand the idea of fitness as not so much as like the final product like i want my physique to look like this and like i want my biceps to get bigger so i do this it it's not it's not bad to to want those things at all like i think that it's healthy to want a good physique but the intentions of going after it like if we can get that nice looking physique because we're super excited to go exercise and use our body and like get stronger and learn a new movement, then I think that's the healthiest way to go about it. But if we're just trying to like reverse engineer, like I want this physique, how do I get it? Then I think that's a little bit more of um, an unhealthier way to go about it. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause one of my good friends, her, his partner, she is, um, she's doing a, she's literally a month out from a bodybuilding competition and yeah, even so, he's been accompanying her on her journey, and we're like thick as thieves, yeah. So, watching, and he's just like telling me about some of the stuff he's eating post gym, and it's just like just to try and get in extra glucose, extra calories. And I'm like, dude, you, you're really like going there with things right now. And he's like, yeah, I'm smashing Gatorades and this stuff. And I'm like, that's not the kind of shit. Like, he's all about healthy, like natural living. He's like one of, he's an amazing vegan chef. I'm like, you're eating all this stuff that you don't normally eat, bro. And he's just like, yeah, but it makes a difference. Like, you can feel your energy levels. And I'm like, what do you reckon? And he's like, yeah, it, I don't think a lot of what the image of fitness that is sold to us um, is really health. And that's been something that I've been carrying in my awareness for a minute, which has been like, yeah, health is feel for me anyway I, people probably have their own labels but fitness for me felt like i was trying to fit an idea of someone else's model of like literally fitness like a, how good am i at fitting into this stereotypical idea <laughs> of like what health should look like versus like health and me just being able to like express and i was smiling before because you were saying you know you use it or you lose it and it was so like it's so basic and it's so simple and here i am like i was smiling not because of what you were saying was so basic but I lie down on the ground and I'll extend my arms out and my fingers won't touch the floor. And I can notice that it's like I'm giving myself to the earth completely and yet something in my body continues to hold because if there was no holding, I would just, like, I'm sure my fingers would want to succumb to gravity, right? But there's something that's holding. And these sort of explorations... um have been encouraged by your work um, for me to just spend some time. Now, that doesn't sound super enjoyable for people tuning in, but it is intriguing when you're spending time just hanging out in your body going, huh, oh, why can't I? Or why can't I? Or what the, there's a, there's a relationship that's encouraged through the sense of play, which I think, yeah, can you talk about what play means to you, bro? Mm, yeah. That was a great example that you used there. And um, so first off, like we talked about um, the prime, we'll say primal movements, and this is becoming more popular on the internet. So I think it's known to more and more people. It's not such a fringe thing anymore. But um, I think the the more primal animalistic movements, they, they, encourage you to get into like uh these natural positions that we should be able to and then it can be direct feedback for you to go huh like i can't get my hip to do this and my leg to turn out like this guy on the internet is showing like why is that why can't i do that and then that's encouraging you to look deeper into that to say okay maybe like maybe my hips are pretty tight and i need to go through some stretching um or like you mentioned like 
also probably a nervous system thing and like i'm holding too much tension and you know it, it can send you on this this path of like releasing your body more and more that's how it was for me so i was like i think these movements look really cool i want to learn how to do them and then also it's going to show me where am i tight why can't i get my arm back here oh wow my shoulder's so stiff in this direction so then i do my stretches and that helps me get to my movements and then those movements also help me stretch so it's like this positive feedback loop that we get um and so that's a, like that's that's one reason why i'd encourage people to play with uh these these weird primal movements and and you know to to address your question more directly i think that like play is us in our like natural most natural state it's what we all do as kids no kids work out right we all just like want to go and explore our body and then when we be <laughs> we become adults um we have things that are holding us back we accumulate traumas and stresses and whatnot and it makes it much harder for us to just go play but you still see some adults that keep the play alive people like dancers or um people who do let's say parkour or something like that that like they're adult children they can still go play and we see how valuable that is to a body that 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 functions good as long as we don't like take it too far in competition then you're gonna also have some some ailments from that um but yeah i think play is a way to keep ourselves young and um to keep our bodies hopefully feeling good Okay, help me out with that sense of play then, bro, because sometimes I start doing some of these frog walk type sort of things and my body is just so unco at getting into them. Like one of the things I've realized is through the gym, I'm great at certain patterns of movement. Like, fuck yeah, I can squat. Yeah, I can deadlift. I can bench. I can pull up. But there are certain things where I come into these primal movements where it's like, okay, you're going to move like a frog now. And it's like, oh, nah, nah. Why doesn't this work? Like, uh, and then I then and I hate to admit this. I'm being vulnerable. It turns me off because it's like there's there's less of the oh this is interesting that I can't do this. I want to unlock it. It's like this ah oh, this feels kind of crap. And I and I'm a coach, so I know that that's probably good for me because it feels crap. But at the same time, it's like coming back to it. Like I'll do like you know a 20 minute session of it, and then it's like all right, you know, maybe next month I'll try again and get stuck into this, you know, but then, I, and, and then that may not even happen. Yeah. And I'll just go back to my patterns of movement. I can lift and move this in this plane of motion really well. I'm not going to explore this new thing. Um, help me along. You know, how do I bring myself to these things that feel really unco? Um, and how do I invite more play into that space so that I can ultimately enjoy more? Yeah, well, um, I would say that in certain ways, even though maybe you look to me as someone who is exploring more unique movements and whatnot, um, in certain ways, I'm the same. Like, we we want to do what we're more comfortable with and doing something that gets us outside of our comfort zone and exposes us um, is not that fun in the beginning, you know, like, you're like, I suck at this. I mean, I've quit a lot of things that I wish that I wouldn't have because I've just like been so bad at it in the beginning. And I'm like, Oh, man, like, I don't want to keep it keep doing this, you know, it doesn't feel that great. But um, what I would what I would offer is that um, <laughs> just kind of like once a back going once again going back to like the feedback your body is giving you and if you know it's it's uh i hear this i hear this saying in different in different ways that like first you get a message with like a feather landing on your head and then you get like a ball that hits you in the head and then it's like the truck that like hits you right and a lot of us wait for that truck to hit us and then we then it's like wow we have to like totally reshape our whole lives and like this thing affects us so much but if you can listen to the ball that hits you then you might get it before something like really like something bad happens right an injury or something if you can get it when the feather hits you wow okay now you're like really listening to your body and you're really 
getting in there. Um, so, you know, I wish I could give you like more, like, this is how you do it, man. Like, just, just think about this and you'll be able to get in there. But, you know, it, when it comes to our body, like if you're finding that there's a lot of positions that feel uncomfortable and a lot of movements that just feel, oh, this feels off. It's, it's a message that, um, that there's a lot of potential there for you to like explore and, and just like, if there's a position you can't do and then you can do it, man, you just made some massive improvements in your body. And is there really a reality where your body's not going to feel better? I can't say like a hundred percent for sure, but I, I, but I would guess that you're probably going to feel much better. Do you meet clients where they find this, like just because someone else can do it, they, cause I, I guess I'm, I'm picturing myself. Like I can picture, I can see someone else do a particular movement, and so then I go, Oh, I know that that's available to the human um, body. And so I should be able to do that. Right. I do end up, sort of following into templates which is really inspiring do you find people that potentially aren't like that that sort of don't believe that their bodies can move in ways that other people's bodies do yeah absolutely yeah i mean i I think a lot of us have uh quite a bit of self-limiting beliefs around movement and the more that you let your capacity to move go like the harder it's going to be to get it back right but yeah to reclaim it yeah it's a great way to put it but um it's i i think that's why as early as you can in your journey like you you have to take like an empowered stance that you know oh like i can do this thing or wow that i always encourage people if there's something that really catches your eye and you're like man that's so cool but and then you think like, but I would never be able to do that, you know. Think about it longer. Maybe you could. Maybe you could hire a coach to help you like attain that thing, you know. Um, it, it a lot of like we talk about this a lot on strength side, and a lot of people have shared with me experiences of like, you know, like I was more of like a just a gym guy, and then after watching your videos, like I. I, I I really liked what you said about following, like finding a, a sport or a hobby or a passion. And like, then I got into climbing and now I've been climbing for the last three years and I just absolutely love it. And I still train in the gym, but that supports my climbing, you know, and those are the stories that I, that I really love because it's like, it's like you said, like we're not fitting in to what fitness is anymore. Now we're finding something that really interests us and, in the beginning, yes, we're probably going to suck at it. But if it really, really interests you, then you're going to probably keep going. And, you know, back to like what you said about, you know, maybe the frog, it just doesn't interest you that much. And that's completely fine. It doesn't have to, but maybe there's another type of movement. Maybe, you know, to get better and better at climbing, like eventually you have to get your hips pretty flexible because you have to like spread them on the wall and, and stuff. So, a lot there's a lot of sports that encourage you to be more mobile and to be able to move better and it's cool to pick those type of sports because then if you want to keep getting better then you have to work on your body too yeah i've uh tuned in um over a couple of bowls of breakfast <laughs> watching you and trevor trying to out parkour <laughs> and i like i love you bro but some part of me is like oh like Oh, which one's going to eat shit first? <laughs> I mean that with the most sincerity. <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate it's where you're coming from. Probably Trevor. Like, yeah. <laughs> and if he was here, I'm sure he'd say probably you. Actually, there was a full trip there because for a while, maybe I was wrong, but it felt like the channel was you and then at a certain point Trev started appearing on the channel but like or maybe you guys were both doing it and I was just tuning into Josh content for a while um, because then it wasn't until like I, I, there was a video that I watched that was completely Trevor and I didn't realize it was completely Trevor. And then I was reading in the comments and I was like, who's this guy? And I was like, wait, what? Oh, and I was like, wait, the fuck? and then I was like, oh shit, they're brothers. <laughs> and then, you guys obviously get that a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we do. Um, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, like I started strength side, um, around 10 years ago and, but, uh, I was actually like living with Trevor when I started it and 
he like helped me with the uh, he 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 held the the phone for the first strength side video ever. Um, and he was in a few of those early ones. And then we kind of like moved apart and didn't live together anymore. And I kept doing strength side. Um, but then uh, a few years back, maybe like four years ago, um, he kind of like, we linked back up and we we're like, okay, like let's come back together. Now he's a big part of the channel. He does videos on himself. I'm not in all of them. And yeah, but then like every... Nobody knows, like, uh, or <laughs> I shouldn't say nobody knows. Like, some people know for sure, but then more of like just the internet who doesn't follow us that closely, they're just like, oh, they're the same guy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I circling back, I really appreciate what you're saying about finding the the out. Like, again, not like obviously loving the process, but finding like an activity that is a bit more outcome oriented that can help you, um, yeah, encourage the process along a little bit more. So you're not just making the focusing on the body is like, okay, I just want you to open these hips and that's the outcome itself. Right. Rather than, Hey, I'd love to like, I think the climbing example is a great one. Like if I could climb, I'm going to need to spread these hips open. And therefore now you've got, incentive you've got inspiration (laughs) you've got inspiration Mm -hmm. um to actually follow through on on what is yeah the exploration within your body do you come up dry for inspiration at times what keeps you inspired what keeps you yeah so ticking along with exploring and expanding your movement You know, I'm one of these rare people that I've never had an issue with, uh, with keeping myself physical. And um, yeah, like, I was thinking about this the other day, I was like, man, I think for the last 10 years, like, I, I can't think of a time that I took, like, more than a few days off of uh, training in some type of way, right? Um, But yeah, I, I find... I find it very easy to be inspired, which is, I think, one of my big strengths. If if I if I had Unfair to give one, advantage. I love it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I see people do. I I I'm like I'm a fan of people, and like I I see people do things that look beautiful, and I'm like, wow, I want to do that, you know. And for me, it's more like <laughs> this isn't always relatable for people, so sometimes I don't share it. But for me, it's like I like have to hold myself back from doing stuff because I can just like overtrain myself and I'm like wow now I'm so tired and exhausted especially with a kid now it's like I'm not sleeping as much anymore so like I have to be like um uh okay let's have a let's have a really slow day let's have like like let's not <laughs> let's not move too much today you know let's just let's do softer stuff let's stretch let's uh let's do some some flowy stuff but um yeah man I I guess I feel lucky in that way. One of the, you're talking about slowing down and one of your videos really fucked me. Um, and it was the, and you're going to, you're laughing now. You're going to laugh even more when you know which one it was. Um, it was the one where you're on your deck. It's been a while. I think it was two, three years old. And you just was like, all right, I'm going to do nothing. And I was like, do nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm watching you just go through this video of like, and you start to notice that it's really hard to do nothing. And this has stayed with me. And I've actually contemplated this, like the concept from that video as a meditator, like a lot, brother, like a lot. Because even my wife called me out. She goes, you're really good at meditating. Like you can sit there for an hour and just go in. But even that is you doing, you're not being. And I was like, no, but it's me embracing my being like in my meditation. And she goes, but it's a, you've constructed, there's an, like, there's an introduction, there's an outro. So you've got a thing you're doing, like there's, you go into it. And I remember watching the video and then like, I find myself doing that. It's like, okay, do nothing now. And it's like, I'm still looking for what doing nothing, the programming is so rich when it comes to doing that just embracing being and just like, like the closest I get, honestly, is going for a walk and not knowing which direction I'm going to take. That's pretty much as close as I've gotten to doing nothing. But that video really fucked me. I just wanted to remark on that. <laughs> that with you, cause 
it's uh, in the best way. Like it, it completely unfucked me from a couple of things, but it it's like, it's still sitting with me. It's like, I still don't think I know how to do nothing. I mean, does anybody, I, I, I love that. Cause like, I was expecting you to say like, Oh, you did this really hard stretch like this or something. And then it's like, Oh yeah, you said to do nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, man, I relate so much to what you're saying because, um, even when I've been in pretty heavy, uh, like meditation practices, like, um, yeah, like doing closer to 45 to an hour, uh, a day, I, it was, it was like, it was like, that's what I was doing. It was an action for me to do. And it was, a kind of like a goal that I wanted to accomplish. And it's very good. It's very good. And it's very positive, but it's not exactly doing nothing. Yeah. And like you said, taking a walk can sometimes do it. Um, what I like to try to do, especially like sometimes after training, when my nervous system's really ramped up, is to like find some grass or something like it's nice to do outside, but you can also do it inside just to like lay down on your back and just like stare at something. Um, actually, one of my one of my uh, coaches, Will Brown, he he was one of the first ones to, like point this out to me, like, it's really good for your body and your mind to um, to actually to just like be lazy and like daydream about stuff. And when I started doing this, I just found like my nervous system like really down regulated and that I was getting closer to this like doing nothing thing. And a lot of time I like nod off, fall asleep for a little bit, you know, and it's just like feels really re rejuvenating. Um, and something that I, I, I try to like keep in my life as much as I can. Um, but I'm with you. I'm with you. It's, it's really hard to not be action oriented. Those are really great examples. It's already helping more than I can. Share. <laughs> yeah. Um, nervous system seems to come up a lot the last, especially the last few months. We've done a few episodes now on the inspired evolution. Um, around the nervous system and regulation um co-regulation it's a bit of a trip really um we've had trauma experts on talking about the nervous system and how central it is um your awareness like do you use it like your awareness of your nervous system is that quite front and center or is it just another tool in the toolkit like yeah what's your relationship with the understanding of the nervous system. Yeah, I I am quite familiar with my nervous system be, because I I move a lot, so I can immediately kind of feel if my nervous system is is like higher tension and more more sympathetic driven and um and you know like that state can actually sometimes help uh, if I'm trying to do something that's high energy, right? But it's also going to do the opposite if I'm trying to stretch or, you know, like flow or just like be in my body really lightly. So um, it's definitely something I've learned, especially more so like over the last few years of recognizing those states, being able to play with those states, and then switching between states and that is often the hard one for me and i think for for a lot of us um because uh it can be so easy to just be in that super stimulated state and to stay in it and um it's like exercise is so good and training hard is great but if we don't take a moment to come down from it, I think then it's like, we just move on to the next thing and we just go about our day in that like really amped up um, state. So it's something I'm constantly thinking about. It's also like contributes so much to how my body opens up. Um, like I have to downregulate my nervous system if I want to go deeper into a range of motion. That was a profound sharing just there because I found like I would go to the gym and right after the gym do a coffee for the like a gym in the morning and then take a coffee for the morning, right? And then be like, cool. And I noticed a couple of times when I missed a coffee, my neck and shoulders weren't as tight. And I was like, shit, I feel more open. 
and I don't want to demonize coffee, but I really started feeling like caffeine, something's going on with my flexibility. Obviously it's dehydrating. So there's a whole, there's, there's like one sort of grounded sort of aspect of it. But the other bit that I started noticing was, yeah, I think caffeine jacks my nervous system and I get into this real like fight or flight and I'm spending longer in that stimulated state and hence everything's in a holding pattern more than it is in an open relaxing pattern um and that was my first foray into what is going on with the nervous system and how am I what am I doing to it and I guess it was just so like I've been drinking coffee for ages <laughs> you know and then recognizing that shit I've been like really I don't want to say messing but modulating let's just use that as a pretty decent word modulating myself in and around like certain states which are so fundamental to how I perceive and relate to myself and the world and we're just doing that on the reg without really knowing what we're doing yeah that is a really interesting topic for me because I uh, I'm constantly uh battling is not the right word but like um trying to uh determine what my relationship is with caffeine um because i it's such a double-edged sword because actually caffeine i think it, it kind of blocks like pain receptors immediately so if you have a, like a cup of coffee before you go stretch then you can actually a lot of the time get deeper into ranges of motion and and whatnot but that half-life of coffee, it's still in your system and it's going to be harder for you to then drop the nervous system off and just be like more relaxed later in the day, right? So you may get like this little bit of gain for your training session, but then is it worth what's being taken from us uh, in the other parts of our day? Because your training session is only like, what, one hour long maybe, right? So like the other <laughs> 10 hours is is maybe maybe it's not worth it and um yeah like we talked about like i have newborns at home so i'm in a state right now where i'm drinking quite a bit of caffeine and it doesn't always feel very good you know and like i can completely relate to what you're saying and i've done long periods of taking time off from caffeine and it's like, in some ways, I feel a lot better. I'm like, oh, wow, this is what life's like without having coffee in the morning, you know? Like, wow, this is almost a bit of a different life that I'm living. But I will say, in some ways, um, I don't get as much of, like, the creative juice of, like, feeling creative, I guess you could say. Um, so, yeah, it's I guess it's just, like, a balance for us all and finding what's going to be most positive for our lives. Mm, and I think... Ultimately, what is the positive like, you get from 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 caffeine? Would you say? Uh, for me, it was bit like parenting, uh, especially was, you know, you get tired, you get tired, and I started tuning into how I would never say I'm tired, and I was just like, I need a coffee, and as I started to identify that, I can't remember where I picked that up from. As I started to identify that, that started to actually shift my relationship because I was like. I don't listen to myself because I can't hear I'm tired. I've substituted that out for I need caffeine. And so my energy regulation, I sort of came to a point where I was like, I'm just going to have to go on this journey for a minute to just not take on coffee. And plus I was getting to a point where neck and shoulder tension was just getting to a point where I would end up with this metallic taste in my jaw. And I was like, I know when I don't have coffee now, that I don't get that. So I was like, I'm going to just stop and see how it goes. Similar, like I find when I don't take it for a while and then I'll have a coffee, like I'm already like, yo, welcome to this morning, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. So imagine that person <laughs> like downing a coffee. Man, I'm like hyper, yeah? Like it's amazing, yeah? Like this is Amrit on drugs. <laughs> like this is, so coffee's incredible. Um but at the same time, I find if I continue to take it, the the yeah, if it, it, it starts, it's quickly a, like addiction forming for me. Like I'm just like two weeks in, I'm taking it every day. Now it's not about feeling good; it's about oh, I don't want to crash. So then I'm taking the coffee to not drop. 
And there's a purist in me just because of the meditation, I guess. All that work is just like, I don't really like being in a relationship where it's like that need. Like I need that to be able to function throughout my day. So, but that sounds so judgy on my part. And I have to be real, like I couldn't have made it through the early parts of parenting without without coffee as well. Like it's just, you know, I think it's an amazing tool. And this is the point I was going to make for myself was just awareness. I've just found as long as I'm aware of what it's doing and the awareness continues to evolve and change, I'm able to make better decisions that honor where I'm at whenever I'm at, you know, um, plus melt like, yeah, like you've got cold mornings where you are like, yeah, warm cup of coffee in the morning. It's got a vibe. <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> you know, so there's all that emotional stuff to be said for it as well beyond the, um, beyond the physical. I think it's really important. I'll just add, like, I think it's just really important to, like you said, to be aware and to understand like, okay, one cup of coffee, that's, you know, let's say around a hundred milligrams of caffeine and, and just be like aware of, okay, I've had a hundred milligrams of caffeine today. Now, if I go for another coffee, then I'm going to be like 200 milligrams of caffeine. And then like, if I have this, I don't know, this uh, kombucha or some type of uh, caffeinated tea or something, then I'm at this much. And like, I think, especially in America, like we have a lot of drinks with caffeine in them. And it's just, it's absurd to me to see how many people are just slamming stuff in and, and, and aren't aware of like what this is doing to your body. And like, maybe you find that, okay, if I have one cup of coffee in the morning, a hundred milligrams of caffeine by afternoon, I, I, I feel fine. I feel relaxed. Like this works for me. Right. But it's just like being present, being aware and finding the balance that that works for you and just not mindlessly taking pre-workout that has 300 milligrams of caffeine at 6 p.m. at night. Like, you know, this is like what's fed to teenagers here, I'm sure in Australia as well. And it's so unhealthy, you know, so we gotta, we gotta just talk about it and just be aware of, aware of our addictions and aware of what's the tools and what's helping us and stuff. Yeah. How much of your movement practice is informed by how do I ask this question? Your your spirituality? Like it seems to be that being able to move well is not just a physical thing for you. Obviously we've discussed that emotionally it's supportive. It's kind of the territory we've just stepped out of, which is, you know, emotional regulation. Um is there a spiritual component aspect to it? When I tune into your work, it's, you know, you're reading, you know, books on surrendering. Um, prior to going into movement practices on the back end of coming out of them. Um, for me, surrender is quite a spiritual topic. Um, yeah, your awareness around that stuff, bro. Absolutely. They're closely tied. And um, I think I think my movement practice developing, um, getting outside of that box that I had for myself or what I thought that fitness was, but also being a man was, it really helped just like shift my perspective in life and to, to find like a, this, the spiritual aspect of, of myself and to see how closely that can be tied to my, to my movement. Right. Because it's like there's movement and then non-movement is, it's kind of meditation, right? And I think that's like a spectrum. And if if I can bring like that stillness and that meditation vibes into my movement sometimes, then that, man, that's amazing, you know, to just have like a, a clear mind and, and just be moving a bit more improvisational. Um, and those are like some of like my favorite states that I get into where I'm just, just, just disconnected from my, my chattery mind and just being able to be like really present in my body. And, um, for me, I think movement has become kind of like, it's become my thing, but it's also become the thing that like really just keeps me grounded and on a, and on a path that I'm proud of. And, um, yeah, that's, that's special to me because 
there's a lot of more unhealthier paths that I could be on. And um, yeah, it's led me in, it's led me to a place in my life that I'm really happy with. And I, I guess I mentioned this because like, sometimes I think, oh, maybe I should be doing more meditation. Maybe I, you know, you get that, those, those things in your mind, maybe I should be uh, more self-reflective and, and stuff. But I think like in these last, this last year, these last couple of years, I'm like, I'm like, no, no, I'm actually really happy with what I'm doing. And I don't need to have those shoulds going on because like this, this stuff that there's a lot of juice to be found in it. And I think we, it's just an example of how we all find spirituality in different ways. You know, some people find it through long walks in the woods. Some people find it through doing creative acts like, um, I don't know, pottery or, or something. And, um, yeah, for me, it's been really found in the movement. Yeah. I love that. All right, brother. So there are some people that are tuning into this and are keen to, yeah, learn how to move just with a little bit more ease, flow and grace. Um, for me, it, yeah, the first part was coming across and Again, I was enamored by your mobility in your spine. I was like, fuck, my spine don't move like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, for those that are tuning in to potentially wanting to explore more around um, how to be more comfortable, more freer, more open, I would say even is just more in love with their body, um, where's the best place to, for them to start um, in the strength side ecosystem? Yeah, um, I would say go to Strengthside YouTube channel. Um, and I mentioned the daily practice uh, earlier in this chat. Um, that's a really great place to start. It's really simple. Uh, move there, there are stretches, but they're more like movement style stretches. Um, it'll get you in your body. Nothing will be too, too challenging, but it'll also, you know, probably get you slightly uncomfortable um start there and if you enjoy it then we have a lot more on our channel that you could dive into yeah uh like i said i subscribe for move strong now um it's a great program i've just skimmed Thanks, it man. for the flexibility stuff but even just what i've gotten from there is so useful and i will get over the frogs <laughs> 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 and i will continue to explore um yeah more this conversation has been really inspiring just to sort of again, feel into just what the outdoors has to offer me um, is like a big part of what I'm taking away as well um, because I'm recognizing like even now when I go for a run outside versus when I go for like a hit session in the gym, um, they're two very different experiences. Like I know for the hit session is great for my heart's like doing its thing, but I don't feel the same like long day lasting effect of like the afterglow of, oh, I went for a run outside. And I know based on the conversation we're having, it's just reaffirming a lot of this stuff that I know about how important the outdoors is, I guess, for my nervous system, but then also going, yeah, and sweat some shit out outdoors, bro. Like, I think that would be like the next level. So yeah, I am taking away a lot from this conversation. I will highly stand by your recommendation. Absolutely. Strength side YouTube channel cannot recommend it enough. Um, and bro, like, yeah, I obviously, for those that aren't aware, I'm a massive fan of Josh's work and Trevor's work. Um, but I could totally thank you and him for, you know, sharing yourselves. Like, you know, obviously his work informs you here today and just the time you spent with us sharing yourself. But man, it seems like it's a lifetime's worth of work, you know, um, bucking the trends, thinking different, exploring, figuring out what works, having the courage and the wisdom to share that with them with the world. Just really appreciate not just your work, but also you, bro, and just the tenacity and the way you've you've shown up and just the generosity you've shared with the world. It, it's helped me already so much, and I'm hoping this episode does the same for others. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, man. That's those are some really nice words, and I can't tell you how much it uh, it feels good to do a chat like this with uh, someone who's like in tune with our work and you know like understands the vibe, and um, it's been such an easy chat uh to have and it's been like really fun and inspiring and that's stuff i'm trying to do more of in my life so uh, i appreciate you creating that space here to have that my absolute pleasure bro
Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Mm-hmm.